Welcome back to Rural Queensland today on the Resonate Broadcast Network. As I said last week uh, when I was talking to the Senator on Friday, I was lucky to be part of a phenomenal show last Wednesday night, which was the MC at the Amic Gala Ball off the back of their conference on the Gold Coast. Well, the CEO of Amic joins me this morning, Patrick Hutchinson, after a huge week last week, and he's back joining us this morning, a regular on the show. Patrick, good morning, and thank you so much for being with us. G'day, Dobbo, and once again, thank you for your efforts too with our uh, with our conference and show. It uh, uh, you know it makes it all much the better for having people like you there because it uh, certainly improves the gravitas of the messages that we're putting out there. There was a lot of people there and, and a lot of big hitters in the room. One thing that became apparent is that that, that and I say this with the deepest respect to the graziers that, and it wasn't lost on me that a lot of these processes have torn up an awful lot of money like an awful lot of money and still do regardless of the prices at the moment because of some of the costs and i'm i'm one of the first patrick who have been uh the 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 grazier and gee whiz they're doing it tough and there's no question about it and yep it's going to turn for the processing industry but by no means is there a pot of gold at the present moment absolutely not mate and look you know we feel, and it might sound counterintuitive, but we feel for the graziers probably second only to themselves. And that's because, you know, these are the people that are supplying us livestock. You know, this is uh, neither side as a charity. Everyone is in business and this supply chain is filled with different connecting businesses that make up putting a piece of steak on a plate in Australia or overseas. And that includes, you know, the supermarkets as well. Everybody needs to be making sure that people are earning money, otherwise they don't, uh, they don't turn up next week. So I think what's more important in regards to things like price and the way in which the economy and the market is working is that if people are looking to try and get explanations or understandings or whatever else, then as the minister said to me and as the minister said on last Wednesday, then let's have a look at that. But no one's going to be making any rash decisions or no one's going to be doing any government intervention because it's the same market with the same buyers and the same sellers and the same systems as it was 18 months ago when for farmers it was working. Now it's working for processes and all of a sudden we're trying to call for the systems broken. That just smells and reeks of politics and that's not what any side needs. And that's why we've got to now have a a better look at how can we communicate with each other because farmers and processes are already communicating with themselves privately. So there's brands, there's grids, there's specs, there's a whole range of different things that are going on that we don't see because we don't need to see. And the people who are complaining about it probably are outside that system, and that's probably what makes it difficult. It, there's no question about it. You've also got the costs. Um, when you look at electricity costs, the soaring costs, uh, insurance has been a huge issue as well. And by no means that they will get through that. And, and talking to a lot of processors, they're like, look, we're coming through the end of all our deer cattle and we're going to start to make some money. So you talk about everybody having a conversation. How, how does that even look? How do, how do you even begin with that, Patrick? Like um, it can't be in, in – and I agree with you on this. Um, it was in skewed one way for two years. Now it's in skewed the other. So how does it even out and plateau out? What, what, what it, in your opinion, what's the solution? Look, the solutions could be potentially many and varied, Dobbo, and I, and I hasten to add to everybody that yeah. in sitting down and having conversations about this sort of thing, 
we've got to recognise that, you know, farmers enjoy riding the, the dizzying highs and they hate the dizzying lows. And, you know, I don't think anyone in the industry uh, is any different. So we can try to work and see how we plateau out the volatility as best as we can, but we are an export nation. So unlike America, who can consume 90% of what they produce and export the cream around 10%, we're almost, you know, not in that scale, but we are the opposite. We consume 30% and export 70%, and we spread our risk as best as we can across four major nations and another 60 nations below that, and, and all the vagaries that go with that. And again, we should also recognise that there's a lot of calls out there in regards to Coles and Woolies and what they're doing. Must remember Coles and Woolies buy their own livestock. So this is not a scenario that I think... No, 100%. No, no, that's about... They go into the market and they buy it. Correct, correct, correct. And so processors provide them a service in the processing of the product uh, and they even now uh, have their own cutting plants which uh, pack and send. So... There's a lot of extra structures and value adds that go with that. And we've got some other areas within the business that uh, you know, aren't making money on, uh, on on the carcass, especially things like hides, which are nil. So, you know, there's there's all bits and pieces, and you're dead right. We've got the most expensive energy in the world uh, per beast, and we've got the most expensive workforce in the world per beast. So at one stage, we also had the most expensive beasts in the world, and, you know, all of that, you know, is still going in... We saw Casino Meatworks, very large beef processor in northern New South Wales, posted an $11 million loss last year and publicly. So I think that's because beef is their only business as well as, you know, uh, uh, co-products. Whereas bigger companies, they can diversify and they're in the domestic market, the export market. They've got many, many brands and they're doing a whole range of other things to differentiate themselves in order to ensure that they can manage margin better. So... I think we've got to recognise these sorts of things as we progress and let's have that conversation ourselves. As soon as we let politicians have that conversation, then it makes it a very different and difficult discussion. Yeah, you're true. You're very true on that. The EU deal falling over, were you disappointed or do you think that they walked away for the right reasons? I'd like your take on this um, and you're very close to this situation. Was it the right decision? Yeah, and you're right, we were heavily involved on behalf of industry. Um, you know, we had an EU task force that was chaired by AMIC member, Andrew McDonald from NH Foods, and he did a wonderful, hard job, ably supported by Andrew McCallum from Meat Livestock Australia. And those two, Andrew Max, you know, traversed the world talking to trade, trade leaders to get this, uh, to get the best deal, not to get a deal. Now, we always remember that with FTAs that it's all bundled up with so many other different industries and deals and opportunities and you know it's not just about you give me this and I'll give you that it's about you know it's about deals done to 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 reduce tariffs or deals done to reduce taxes you know internal taxes you know and best one that we know about is obviously the luxury car tax so you know all of those things were there but at the end of the day when they returned and gave the trade minister the same deal you know just with a different front page on it uh, yeah, he soon recognised and he made the call and it was a strong call because, as he said, Australia needs the best deal. It doesn't need a deal. And there were some unfortunate outcomes for that for other industries like critical minerals, etc. fintech. But overall, the deal, as they said, has to be for Australia, not just for certain industries. And 
you know, we've also got issues in relation to dairy and geographical indicators in that, and all of those things as a combination made it a bad deal. But we'll get there. We'll get there. Um, we've still got access. It's still only small, but we've got access. People have still got their customers, and, and, and we roll on. But the UK is going to be a, a great market for us moving forward uh, and a growth market for us moving forward, um, and that's what we want. We need markets that give growth, not that just give us the same every day. Yeah, I appreciate it. Workers are an issue, and and that's all around visas. We don't need to unpack that. But it, it, the simple line is more more workers, more kills. I know Dimore are going to look for a January, um, you know, two kill to open their second kill up. Is that slowly transpiring? Yes, slowly. Um, the Palm program has been fantastic for the meat industry. I don't think any of us can disagree with that, or or, or we won't disagree with that at all. Um, I think that, um, you know, there are some processes that have got over the 90% capacity range and we've got to remember on a daily basis you've got absenteeism, you've got guys that have done uh, that have done overtime, you know, on a Saturday and then take a break on a Monday so that there's um, uh, absentees in there. So like any business, no one really ever runs at sort of 100% because there's always someone away sick, uh, etc. But what we've done is is that it's about that permanent workforce and we've been able to, for the most part, solidify that in, in some areas. So when I say we're running at about 85%, that's because some are still, you know, are still struggling, but there are some that have sort of hit their mark. We've got 86 accredited, uh, export accredited works in this country. They run 92 chains over that 86 um, and um, they run 94 ships. So that's it. So any any impl- implications or impacts on that, like we're going to see tomorrow and Friday with this protected action from the Commonwealth Public Sector Union on meat uh, meat inspectors and on plant vets, means any sorts of small breakdowns in those uh, in those shifts then means that uh, that has mass delay coming back on our uh, on our supply and our processing at a time when we're bursting at the seams. Eastern slaughter rate is up thirty percent on twenty twenty one. And it's up 42% on 2022. So we are powering as hard as we can through a huge change in supply. And don't forget, that's on a 12-month, uh, uh, that's a 12-month uh, or year-on-year uh, change. But that change hasn't happened gradually after 12 months. That change has happened in six months. So it's more like, not 42%, it's more like an increase of about 62%. So... You know, we're managing and processing and going through as best as we can. And when there's an oversupply, competition falls. And when competition falls, so does price. That's economics 101, Dobbo, and that's unfortunately where we are. Yeah, you're dead right. Hey, Patrick, I appreciate your time. Thanks so much for giving me some time. We'll talk to you before Christmas, mate, but thank you so much this morning on Rural Queensland. Happy Melbourne Cup Day, my friend. Thank you, Dobbo. Thank you, and thank you to your listeners and you again to you for the work that you've done for us, for our industry and certainly what you did for our membership last week. It is exceptionally well received and having people like you support us and our industry and the supply chain overall is uh, uh, is paramount as we go through the tough times. Good on you. Appreciate your time. Uh, Patrick Hutchison, CEO of AMIC. We'll take a break, come back with more. This is Rural Queensland Today.